the story of the shepherds. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Hey everybody, I want to welcome you today to Church Online. I'm so glad that you've chosen to join us for the fourth and final week of a series called Fear Not. Now, this message is really important to me today because I believe that we're addressing a fear today that everyone has. Now, I want to start by saying this about fear. I hate fear. And the reason that I hate fear is because fear is a terrible thing that causes us to live our lives in truly terrible ways. In fact, if you think about how people respond when they're afraid, it really is sad. Do you know what most people do when they're genuinely afraid of something? They hide. In fact, if there was a school bully that you used to run into on the playground, you would do everything you could to avoid seeing them. You didn't want to see them on the playground. You didn't want to see them in the parking lot or in the hallway. And if things got bad enough, you probably told your parents that you were sick so that you wouldn't have to go to school. In essence, what you were doing is you were trying to hide. How about this example? I I don't know if you've ever seen the Geico commercial where there's a group of people in their late teens and early 20s and they spend their time in a horror movie running from a serial killer. But what do they do in that commercial? They spot a, a thing in a barn and they say, let's run over there and let's hide behind the chainsaws, right? What are they doing? They're hiding. And the reason that they're hiding is because they're afraid. That's what we do. Now, the sad reality is that a lot of people spend their entire lives hiding because they're afraid. Some people are hiding from certain social settings, so they get terrified at the thought of walking into a frat party or a sorority house. They're scared of walking into church or maybe even into a small group because they're worried about what people are going to say or they're afraid of what people might think about them. And so instead of 
facing those fears and maybe even pushing through those fears, they choose instead just to hide from those social settings. Some people are hiding from social settings. Other people are hiding who they really are. So they go and they create an avatar that they can hide behind. They create a social media profile that they can hide behind. Their profile doesn't portray who they really are. It portrays who they would like to be because they're afraid to let people know the real them. But we do these things and we hide because we're afraid. In fact, Timothy Keller said it like this. He said, to be known and not loved, that is our greatest fear. Now, I don't know if you're watching this message alone or if you're watching it at home with family members or maybe even friends, but I promise you this, the people that are in the room with you right now, they're afraid. They're afraid that if you really knew them, that you would never love them. If you really knew every thought that ran through their head, if you really knew everything that they had ever done, you would no longer love them now that you really know them. And the truth is you probably have the exact same fear. And so what we do is we hide the truth. We hide our true selves. We don't open up to people. We don't let people get too close to us. Now, let me tell you, that behavior will not just affect your relationships with other people. It affects your relationship with God. In fact, go back to the very beginning of the Bible and you see a story of Adam and Eve who were in the garden and they sinned. They disobeyed God. They knew in their hearts and in their minds that God did not approve of what they had done, but they believed that if God really knew them, then he would no longer love them. And so you know what they did? They went into hiding. They immediately started to hide parts of themselves from one another. And then they turned around and they hid from God. In fact, I want you to hear the story in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8, 9, and 10. The text says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered God and he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. When they were afraid, they hid. And people have been hiding ever since that moment in time. Why? Because to be known and not loved, that really is our greatest fear. As we turn our attention to the Christmas story one more time, we see a group of people who were in hiding. It was the shepherds. The truth is the shepherds were hiding from people, but they were also hiding in their relationship with God because they were afraid. Now, you already heard the whole story out of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, but I want to refresh your memory with what was said in verses 8 through 11. Listen carefully. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Now, I want to stop right there because that word living is a really strange word. I would think that the shepherds were working out in the fields nearby, but that's not what the text says. The text says that they were living out in the fields nearby, that they didn't live in town where everyone else lived. They lived on the outskirts of town. They lived away from everyone because they were hiding. They were out there keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, or fear not. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, in a lot of ways, this is kind of a strange story. But one thing that's not strange about this story is the birth announcement. In that culture and in that time, when people had a child, especially their firstborn son, they would send out an announcement to everyone in the community. They would actually hire a herald who would go out into the community and they would announce that to this family, a child has been born or a son has been given. And then the people would hear the good news and they would go and they would celebrate and rejoice with the family. When God sent his son Jesus into the world, he did the exact same thing. He made an announcement. But there's something strange about this announcement. But when you look at this announcement, you're thinking about who the announcement would be made to. And if you're like me, you might be thinking that it would be made to the religious leaders of the day. But like here God is sending his son into the world that's going to transform religion. It's going to transform their relationship with him. It's going to change people on a spiritual level. But God didn't make the announcement to religious leaders. He didn't make the announcement to government or city leaders. He didn't make the announcement in the city square for the entire public community to hear. He made the announcement to a very small group of shepherds who, according to verse 8, were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now that's strange. And the reason it's strange is because shepherds, and I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible, they were seen as the lowlifes in their society. I'm not saying that's the way that it should be. I'm just telling you that's the way that it was. People looked down on shepherds. They didn't think very highly of them. They didn't treat shepherds with respect or with any kind of dignity. In fact, in the Holman Bible Dictionary, we read this about shepherds. As cultivation of crops increased, Shepherding fell from favor and was assigned to younger sons, hirelings, and slaves. Farmers, such as in Egypt, even hated shepherds. And so what they're telling us is that there's a hierarchy in this culture. You have people who are in positions of power. You have business leaders. You have people who are part of the upper class, people who are then part of the middle class, then people who are part of the lower class. And underneath all of that were slaves, shepherds, and children. Now, these shepherds, they were very uneducated people. In fact, their life was going nowhere fast. Shepherds were always dealing in a disgusting kind of business. They were dealing with dead animals that they really didn't want to touch. In the eyes of the religious community, touching and dealing with dead animals made them very unclean or unfit to come into the house of God. Because they were always hanging out in the fields, they were always stepping in stuff in the fields, if you know what I'm saying. They were sweaty, smelly guys. They probably didn't take a lot of baths. In some ways, they remind me a lot of middle school boys. 
Now, if you're a middle school boy, no offense, right? I, I love you. I care about you. But that's the shepherds. In fact, Craig Rochelle, he had three words to describe the way people in that culture saw and thought about shepherds. He said that they were the ultimate examples of people who felt unworthy, inadequate, and unloved. Shepherds were treated that way. And because of that, they just decided we're going to stay out in the fields rather than being around the people who expose our insecure feelings. Now, I want to point something out to you. I believe that every single one of us, in one way or another, we feel a little bit like those shepherds. I mean, you put us in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong group of people, and every single one of us, we feel a little bit unworthy. We feel a little bit inadequate or maybe even unloved. I'm not saying we feel all of these things all of the time, but I am saying that all of us feel some of these things some of the time. It may be that you feel that way because of the family that you grew up in. You may feel that way because you have a lack of an athletic ability. You may feel that way because of grades that you made in school or maybe because of the way you look. You may feel a little bit inadequate or unworthy because you couldn't get into a certain school or because you couldn't land a certain job. You may feel that way because of a mistake that you've made that people will not let you forget. Whatever the reason, the result is all the same. You feel like you're not good enough. And because you're not enough, whatever that really means, you don't feel like people want anything to do with you. And so what you do is you hide. You avoid the people that expose your insecurities. Now, the shepherds weren't just hiding from people. If you know the shepherds in that time and in that culture, they were also hiding from God. These are guys who never went to church and probably for a couple of reasons. I mean, first, they were deemed to be unclean or unfit in the sight of all the religious leaders because of their job, because they were always dealing with dead animals. They would have to go through an entire cleansing process in order to be clean enough to come into the house of God. But the other reason they couldn't go to church is because they had a responsibility. They were responsible for these sheep. Now, if the shepherds went through that entire cleansing process, if they ended up going to church and spending a day enjoying the Sabbath and time with God, those sheep would probably be lost. Or by the time they got back, they may even be killed. And if you were a shepherd, that right there would cost you your job. And so these guys believed we can't go to church if we want to. And the truth is, if we did go to church, we probably wouldn't fit in. And so these guys lived all of their lives with a guilt trip. They didn't just feel inadequate, unworthy, or unloved in their relationship with people. They also felt that way in their relationship with God. Now, the problem with feeling inadequate is that it always causes you to settle. God doesn't want that for your life. See, the reason that some of you won't go after that great job is because you don't believe that you're good enough for it. 
The reason that some of you won't ever darken the door of a church or maybe visit a small group is because you feel a little insecure. You feel like you don't fit in with that crowd. The reason some of you will never go after that great godly guy or that great godly girl is because you think to yourself that someone like that would never want to be with someone like you. When you settle, what you're really doing is you're hiding. And you're hiding because you're afraid. You're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of failure. And that right there is no way for you to live your life. And that's what's so strange about this announcement. God made this announcement, but he could have made the announcement to anyone in the world at that time. But he made it to shepherds. He made it to a small group of guys who were in hiding. Why? Because God knew that these shepherds needed to hear the announcement or they needed to hear the good news more than anyone else in the world. Verse 10, the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. For, for all the people out there who feel a little inadequate, a little unworthy, a little bit unloved, I bring you good news. Verse 11, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Now I've got to tell you, that's another strange part of the story. When I read the story, I see that Jesus the Savior was actually born to Mary and to Joseph. I see that the child was born to that family, but that's not what the angel said. The angel told the shepherds, the Savior has been born to you. To, to all the people in the world who feel a little inadequate, to all the people in the world who feel unworthy, to all the people in the world who are a little hard to love, Jesus came for you. And that's what I love about this story. God didn't just send a son into the world. God sent a message to the world. For all you people out there who are hiding from other people and you're hiding from God, you don't have to live that way anymore. For everyone who's walking around in life believing that they're not worthy, believing that they're not good enough, believing that no one could love them. It's a total lie. In this story, God didn't just send a son. He sent a message, and the message he sent is that you matter to God, and that's what ultimately matters. You see, I believe that before you can ever be loved by others, and before you can even love yourself, you first have to understand that you really are loved by God. If people don't love you, the problem is not with you. The problem is with them. They don't see you the way God sees you. They don't think about you the way God thinks about you, which is why they can't love you the way God loves you. God knows the worst about you, and yet he loves you the most. And when you finally wrap your mind around that, it's completely liberating. And so this Christmas, I want to tell you to stop hiding from God. You don't have to hide anymore. God loves you so much that he initiated a relationship with you. The moment that he sent his son, Jesus, not just to Mary and to Joseph, but to you. If you've never accepted Jesus in that relationship in your life, I hope you'll do so right now. Will you pray with me? 
Maybe you're watching today and you feel a lot like those shepherds. And today's message has just resonated with you. I want you to know that at Christmas, God made a move because he wants a relationship with you. If you've never accepted Jesus in your life, I want to invite you to do that right now. Right where you sit, just say, thank you, God, for sending Jesus into the world. Thank you for communicating in a loud and clear way that I may not matter to others, but I do matter to you. God, I trust in Jesus to forgive my sins and to lead my life so that I can enjoy a relationship with you rather than hiding from you. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.